Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as a foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hey, thanks for joining us this week on Shouts of Grace. We are so delighted that you could be a part of our broadcast. I am your host, Steve Pearson, and we are excited to spend this little bit of time with you, and thank you for spending a part of your day with us. If you are a first-time listener um, to Shouts of Grace, we want to thank you for joining us and let you know that our uh, desire here is to just crack open God's Word and pour it into the heart's of our listeners and see what he will do. And if you're a regular listener, you know what we're all about. And, um, and we want to welcome you back and thank you for your support. Uh, before we uh, hop into today's program, I just want to, um, kind of, kind of just give a shout out to, to those who, who listen and are real about their struggles in their walk with God and just how, um, being transparent and being authentic before the Lord in your relationship with him is probably um, the best thing that you can do. Um, you know, God, God wants those who worship him in truth. And one of those, uh, one, one of those ways we worship God is first being truthful about who we are and who he is. And so we come to the Lord with great need, with arms or hands open wide as beggars looking for food. And God gives us that. And so uh, we just want to want to let our listeners know that we in no way, uh, particularly with today's broadcast, we in no way think um, that the Christian has arrived um, at some spiritual, uh, you know, nirvana, if you will. Uh, we are in daily need of God's grace, and and we look at grace not as something that a flask that you take off of a shelf and pour it over you in times of need, but rather like a swimming pool that you swim in every day and you live your life in, as the Scripture says, in Christ, we live and move and have our being, and so uh, we just want to acknowledge that as we jump in today's uh, to today's broadcast. Um, on today's show, I have a, a good friend of mine. He he serves with me alongside me at Redemption Hill Church here in Saratoga Springs. Um, Dax Johnson, he is our youth pastor. Welcome, my brother. Hello there. I, I like your beanie. Yeah, well, that's good. It's keeping my head warm. It's yeah, crazy Dax, cold out there. Dax and his wife are a huge blessing at our at our church. In fact, um, you'll probably hear his wife, Michaela, on the intro to our program as well as the break and the conclusion. Um, they have poured their lives into the youth at our church and are doing a fantastic job. And so it's it's a it's a pleasure to have him on on the program today. Uh, Dax, what I want to do, and if and if, and if I misspeak your name, you'll forgive me for that. <laughs> you and your you and your brother have two close of names, man, and it just it it throws me all all, all the time. And so uh, for, forgive me for that in advance. But what I want to do today is is look at something that I think is 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 not only pertinent in our society, but but really um, kind of kind of pertinent to a lot of youth, you know. And and it's a it's it's kind of a story, not necessarily a passage, but a story out of John chapter eight. So what I want to do is kind to read this and then I want us to unpack it together. So in John chapter 8 if you're listening you can follow along. Um, it says in verse 1 Jesus went to the Mount of Olives early in the morning. He came again to the temple. All the people came to him and he sat down and he taught them and the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placing her in the midst they said to him teacher this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now 
in the law of Moses, it commands us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and he wrote with his finger on the ground, and they continued to ask him. He stood up and he said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and he wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, Interesting. When they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones, and Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. From now on, go and sin no more. Now, this is a this is a familiar story for people who, who, who are familiar with, with the Bible and the New Testament, but it is just a profound one, uh, Dax, that shows the heart of God towards the sinner. And so uh, let's, let's kind of set the stage here and then, and then you know, kind of have you uh, share with what, what you see going on. Jesus is turning his world upside down. The religious people are furious. They don't like how he communes with sinners, right? He, he goes into their homes. He eats dinners with them. He it's just, this is not good PR, right? For, for the religious people, because they're clean, they're holy, they're, they're separate, you know? And here comes this guy relating with the tax collectors and the, and the adulterers and all these things. And, and so they're upset. And so um, they, they go to trap him, right? They, they, they seek to paint right. him in a corner and they bring this woman caught in the very act of adultery, throw him in front or throw her in front of him and think that they got the son of God in a conundrum. Uh, the law says to do this. What do you say? And of course, Jesus then interacts and he, and, he, and he releases the women. But but talk about the collision there, because there is a colliding there between those that say they know God, um, those who say they represent God. And God, <laughs> there's a collision between the two, ironically. Talk about what's happening there. Well, there's there's a few things that, that stick out to me first whenever I read through this. Is One, they're, they're specifically grabbing this woman that was in the act of adultery. But my question, looking at it first, is where's, where's the guy at that's involved in all this? You, the Pharisees, they're more concerned with just trapping Jesus that they— you know, it's quite possible that they just set up this whole thing and that the guy that's on the other side of this is he's nowhere to be found whatsoever. And so they're, they're not even necessarily caring about this woman in general. They're just more so doing whatever they can to set up a trap for Jesus. And he just completely turns the tables on them to where they just they have no idea what to do. They're completely confronted with their own self, their own sin where Jesus is saying, let him who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And every single one of them is just hit with this, this huge self-confrontation of, well, I, I'm not perfect myself, so I, I can't do that. And it's, it's just crazy how then Jesus turns and says, look, where, where are these men that accused you that pretty much set you up for this? And there's no one there. And he says, I don't condemn you either. Go, go and sin no more. It's, Jesus was a radical guy who who took the the traps always set for him and he found that third option that they didn't even see coming and he completely flipped it on the heads for him. Yeah. You know what I see too in here is I see <clears throat> I see a heart of compassion for 
for the sinner, right? Like you, you had said rightly, like they they care they could care less about the woman. They weren't interested in equity. They weren't interested in fairness. Obviously, the man wasn't there. But but I also see this heart of compassion because the fact is she was guilty, right? She, right. she was caught in the act, and so Jesus doesn't excuse the act, but he shows a compassion that the religious people were not able to show her. And, right. and and if you take that into today's world, talk about this, because I think, I, I think sometimes, you know, church, the, the best way I could say it is sometimes you hang out in church long enough and, and you get into this, this kind of, you know, vibe of, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and I'm holy. And it's really easy to start to look at, the adulterers and the porn addicts and the drug people and the the prideful people. It's it's really start it's really easy to look at the people that aren't where people think they should be in the church and have the same type of attitude. The law says stoner and the heart of compassion just vanishes. And so talk mm-hmm. about what that does to a church, what that does to both sides, both the person who needs compassion and what does that heart and attitude do to the person who, who's who got the stones in their hands ready to throw? I think th- that that kind of creates a culture in the church that doesn't really agree with what the Bible actually calls for. I mean, just, uh, just a couple of days ago in our young adults group, we were talking about this, and we were talking about Peter and Ananias and Sapphira, and how they were they were put down for their their lying of their tithing and, and what they're giving, and on the outside we look at that and we say, "Wow, look look at how bad they were. They they held back from God and they lied, and they were they were rightfully punished by it." But then we ourselves do the same very things of whatever it might be, and we try to pass it off as it's well, I'm working on it. God's working on it, but it it can be. Sadly, it can be so hypocritical that when we see the things that other people are doing and we try to pinpoint that rather than saying, look, I'm, I'm just as sinful as you, let's work on this together. Yeah. And I'll tell you something that, that stands out to me about this is, you know, there are people like, like these Pharisees that live with stones in their hand. They, right. they walk around with stones in their pocket, ready to cast and throw at a second's notice, looking for the people that have failed to meet the expectations of church, thinking somehow that they have, right? You said it great. And, and Jesus just shot, just fires a bullet at them. And he says, okay, let's play this game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Those of you who are without sin, go ahead and hurl the first fastball. Right. You know, and it's like uh, awkward silence for a right. moment. <laughs> Yeah, and, and just the culture alone, it's so many people pinpoint and pick on the, the more obvious sins like adultery in this case, but they completely disregard and say, well, don't look at my sin. It's it's secret. Like, it's it's not that big of a deal compared to somebody who's cheated on his wife or vice versa or whatever. But in all reality, sin is sin, and it's something that needs to be dealt with and changed. But if you have a culture of people who will go above and beyond and out of their way to pinpoint everybody else's sin, they, they're essentially those Pharisees that are standing and saying, well, what about her? She's the adulterer. What about her? And Jesus is saying, well, what about you? You're, you're the one that's standing there accusing her, but you have all these other skeletons in your closet that you're trying to cover up by throwing rocks at somebody else. 
Yeah, and and you know the the, the million dollar question for all of us when we uh, those of us that know Christ when when we get to heaven is Lord, you wrote something in the dirt. What was it? Because right. <laughs> well, you bent down the first time, you got uh-huh. their attention, and whatever you wrote the second time, you sent them running. Man, they dropped the rocks and they bailed. And 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 I know a number of people have suggested that maybe he wrote what they have done in 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 the sand. You know, whatever it was. It's interesting. It says that they left. From the oldest to the youngest, maybe, maybe insinuating that somehow those who had lived longer had more sin. Right. Yeah. I mean, who knows? But, but, but Dax, here's the truth. Like, I believe it's Psalm 130 verse three says, if God were to mark iniquity, which of you would stand? And so on the, on the other side of the break, I want to talk a little bit more about, about God's mercy towards all sinners, even the ones that think they're better than maybe they really are. Hey, don't go away. We'll continue the conversation in a moment. You're listening to Shouts of Grace with Pastor Steve, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill, you can visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation. Welcome back. Um, we've been having a discussion with uh, Dax Johnson. He is the youth pastor at Redemption Hill Church. I have the privilege of serving alongside him and his wife. And Dax, before the break, we were just talking about John chapter 8 and the reality that that some people really walk around with rocks in their hands, ready to throw at others who they think don't measure up to their standard of Christianity, not realizing that they themselves don't measure up. And we quoted Psalm, uh, Psalm, Psalm 130, verse 3, there where it says, if God were to mark iniquity, which of you would stand? And and, and, and because of that, Dax, um, maybe what we can do is just touch briefly on this idea that 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 God's desire for all people is that we would walk humbly, right? Why is it important for those that that claim, you know, hey, we have a relationship with God? I mean, the, the Pharisees, they were very religious. Why is it important that we walk in humility with the Lord and not carry stones around. What what is it that that that's almost it's almost a detriment to our own faith that that we that we carry ourselves in in in, in a humble fashion. Right. I think the first thing that comes to my mind. I can't think of the verse right off the top of my head, but it's uh, it's a psalm where pretty much it's saying that God desires a broken and contrite spirit. He doesn't want people to be. He, he doesn't want glory seekers, essentially. The glory belongs to God. It's all his. And so when we get so caught up in, in throwing stones and being, you know, greater, I am greater than you and all that nonsense, we're essentially taking that glory away from God. When we're, when we're not humbling ourselves and realizing that even if God were just to save one person, that even if God were to forgive one person of their sin, that would be more grace than the entire world deserves. And so instead, he he doesn't want us to do that because we are essentially stealing the credit from him that he rightfully deserves. Yeah, that's right. And, and I'll tell you, you know, you, you go into the book of Hebrews in chapter 7, it says something very interesting. Um, even even in the in in the representation of of the priesthood, right? It talks about the representation of Aaron, 
and the Levitical priests. And it said, if perfection could come through that representation, what further need would there be for another priest to arise after the order of Melchizedek and not after the order of, of, of you know, Aaron or Levi, right? In other words, there was something imperfect about even the representation of the holy people, you right. know, as they came before God, that created the need for a more perfect representation to come. And here's what it says at the end of Hebrews chapter 7. It says, but this priest stands forever able to make intercession. And it says, for he is holy, undefiled, separate from sinners. And I think that is a huge marker for us as we walk with God as ambassadors, as we represent Christ to the world, if you will. We are called the priesthood of God, right? right. The priesthood of all believers, that we understand there's only one, Dax, who is separate from sinners, right? There's only one who who's, who's sinless. And we need to carry ourselves very cautiously when it comes to, to how we represent God, realizing that God has chosen to, to express himself in these earthen vessels that are broken rather than the heart that comes uh, really kind of the heart of the older brother in the, in, in the prodigal son story, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so I, I think well, you're, you're right. Humility is important as we walk before God. Now, talk about this because this story has, has an amazing um, conclusion to it. It, it. He goes on to say that, um, that when he dismissed the accusers, and, and there's always people that are going to accuse us, right? The woman was left alone with Jesus. And I love that part, man. You know, when, when God dismisses everyone else and you're left alone, I love what the woman alone with Jesus hears. Where are your accusers? Who are those that condemns you? No one. And she says, no one. Neither do I condemn you. Talk about why those words are so powerful to the sinner. Neither do I condemn you. What does that mean? Oh, that's that's a, that's a hard one because I mean we've we've all as Christians we've all had those moments where it is just us and God. I mean I can't even count how many times I've been in my car driving home from work or driving to church or wherever, and I'm just breaking down, bawling my eyes out because I'm having those one-on-one moments with Jesus, with Christ, with with God. And it's it's very cleansing. It's very powerful of just meeting with God and you know putting off all the accusations that are thrown at me, either by myself or by the enemy or by by whoever else. And God is saying, "Look, I've chosen you. I've forgiven you. Stand up and keep going at it. Like don't don't just let this destroy you. Essentially, yeah, sure, you've messed up and whatever else it might be." but I don't condemn you, so go and sin no more. And it's it's very encouraging when you have those moments, especially when you see it in Scripture and you see it actually being acted out and lived out by Jesus himself and these people that, that, that they thought their day was not going to go this way, and then, bam, Jesus is there, and their life is never the same ever again after that. That's right. I mean, that's a great point. She She's thrown in front of the rabbi, and she knows what the law says. She knows exactly what the law right. says, and you have this amazing picture of really the gospel, don't you? It's, it's you know you're guilty. You've been condemned. You should die. You stand in front of the King of kings and Lord of lords who has every right to judge you because of your sin, and he bends down and chooses to dismiss the charges against you. The charges yeah. are legit, yeah. you know? Like, I, I, and, and here's the thing, 
it's not a free pass. It's not sloppy agape. It's not cheap grace. <laughs> you know, it's the reality is Jesus chooses. He has the right to choose to dismiss the charges. He dismisses the accusations. And then, oddly enough, he gives us a very important part of walking with him. Don't do this anymore. Right. Go and sin no more. Talk about that. Because I think sometimes people think grace is you can go do whatever you want. Yeah, I mean, imagine how the story would have ended if it just said, and Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. And then it just stops right there. There's there's wow. no call to action. There's no change whatsoever. It's almost as if that would be the invitation to take grace for granted and to keep sinning. But that's that's not where it ends. It says, go and sin no more from now on. And just more and more, all the other interactions that Jesus has with people, it's go and sin no more. It's a, it's a call to action to, yes, I've forgiven you and I've, I've wiped that clean, but now I'm offering you the chance to not do it again and to become more like me. Amen. You know, I cringe, uh, Dax, when I hear people represent the grace of God, biblical grace in that way. Well, you Christians believe you can do whatever you want. And and that is not in this story. It's not in any story ever in Scripture, right? It's, you know, how can we which are, you know, shall I continue to sin so grace may abound, Romans 6, right. 1. How, how, God forbid, how can we which are dead to sin live in any longer? And so I, I think when it comes to the, the message of the gospel right here, I think it's clear a guilty person was set free when the law condemn them to die in the last couple minutes talk about how pertinent that is pertinent that is to us talk about how that message and that gospel um, applies to us uh you know so last year we did we did our first youth camp and one of the things was talking about identity but more so in the fact of dead men don't speak when when jesus says you know that you are no longer your old self and that when Paul continues that saying that the old person has died and the new has come, essentially dead people can't talk. So when you've, when God is essentially put to death, your sin, that old person is dead. There's nothing that they can do. They're gone. They're done away with. And so now you're entering into this new creation that God is prepared for you. And so it's, it's just a completely brand new life. It's a, it's a complete 180 that you're supposed to go into this fully knowing with with the acknowledgement that that old person inside of you, that that old selfish, sinful, adulterous, whatever you might be, is dead and it's gone and it's not supposed to come back. Hmm. Yeah, and, and I think Colossians makes um, that clear too, that when he says that we're to put to death the old man and we're to put on the new man. And I, and I think sometimes people misunderstand that that grace, again, grace isn't something that we pull off the shelf and season our life with at times of need. It's a pool that we swim in, meaning that every day we, we are saturated with the grace of God. So when we move in obedience, the same amount of grace is still needed to cover our sinful life right. as when we walk in disobedience. And and, and so in, in, in this last uh, 30 seconds, um, maybe just tell our listeners, here is the gospel, unadulterated, bottom line. Bottom line is that there's there's a God out there that for whatever crazy reason, he loves us to the point where he sent his son to die for us to take on our sin at no cost to us. And all he simply wants is that re- that relationship restored. And it's just 
ridiculously insane to think that there's a God that wants to do that for you. Amen. Amen. Hey, we're out of time for today's broadcast of Shouts of Grace. And if you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we want to let you know that no church will save you. The church did not bleed for you. A building, the four walls of your particular denomination can do nothing for you. Salvation is found in a person and one person alone. Scripture says it is the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, which is the only name given under heaven whereby which a man can be saved. We encourage you, embrace that person and the person of Christ will save you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you have been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Shouts of Grace.